Hey there, I'm Luke Stone. I'm a sixth former from Juneau Beach, Florida, and I'm excited to be with you as we hear from some of the wisest and most experienced members of the Woodbury community, past and present. This is Teaching the Tigers. There's no question that Woodbury exists to help boys become the best versions of themselves, but that process doesn't just happen automatically. Behind every Woodbury graduate is a community of teachers, coaches, and mentors that help shape him. The goal of this podcast is to get an alternate perspective of life at Woodbury from the point of view of some of the hardest working members of the community, our faculty. Mr. Frank Tallman, class of 1995, returned to Woodbury in 2004 in the history department. In the decade and a half since his return, he's coached soccer in Bengal lacrosse and taught U.S. history in the World War I and II class. Like many alumni faculty, he never imagined himself coming back to the forest, but ultimately fell in love with teaching at Woodbury Summer School in 1998. He joined me virtually via Zoom to talk about how to earn the respect of students as a young faculty member, the differences between life on and off dorm, and what he most fondly remembers from his time as a Woodbury boy. With your dad as an alumnus, what kind of were some of your early impressions of Woodbury as a school? Well, I'd heard, he talked about it a lot when I was growing up. And so I, and I also had come here a couple times as a kid. I, mean, I remember I came to his 10 year, excuse me, his uh, 20 year high school reunion on a big family trip. I remember that. And I've seen a picture of that recently. I came to uh, a couple of Episcopal games. I came to sports camp. So I'd been here a couple times before I showed up as a enrolled student. So when you were at sports camp and you had been on campus a couple of times closer to uh, the time that you ended up enrolling as a student, what were your impressions on the school? Did you think that you wanted to come when you were at sports camp? Was it always something you kind of looked for or did it just kind of happen? Well, I mean, I had always kind of planned on coming. I mean, I had a, had a 100% it was up to me, but I'd always just kind of assumed and planned and wanted to go to Woodbury. So, uh, each kind of step, like the sports camp for me was just one step closer to coming to Woodbury and um, going to sports camp was great because by the time I arrived in the fall of 91, uh, I knew some familiar faces on Turner and Taylor that I went to camp with, which was kind of nice to see. And then one of your questions was, uh, what was it like to arrive here? I remember my, like as I got dropped off and was hanging out, I just remember thinking it was so awesome to see, you know, four, actually the, school, the number at my time was 365, but just seeing this many guys and then looking down the hall of upper taylor and seeing like 25 guys and then i remember seeing people from different parts of the country which i thought was pretty cool i remember seeing some of the names of my classmates some people had some pretty mouthful names and i remember thinking that was really interesting uh like one of my buddies who i actually was on a zoom call with two nights ago i remember his name was cinco light and i was one uh, before i met him i saw the name and wondered about that then i realized later after i met him that he was the fifth uh, George Emmett Light. So he was Cinco. I remember one of my classmates was named Bono Ansley. And I remember looking at that thing, that was a weird, like a kind of a fancy name to get to know Bono and all that. So I thought that's kind of my first impressions that I could think of, of the beginning of my time here. You know, it's interesting that in Woodbury history, we had a Cinco before we had a Quattro. True. But whenever I taught Quattro, when he showed up here, whenever that year was, I t first thing I said to him was, uh, yeah, one of my buddies, when I was a student, was a Cinco from Texas. What is your fondest memory of your time here as a student? When I look back, I mean, I, granted, like my children would call me sounding like a boomer now, though I'm nine years too young to be a baby boomer. So I was here from 91 to 95, and the internet did not exist. It might have kind of existed in 95 or something, but it was not something anyone ever did. And not even know if we had it in the library. I think we had one computer with it, but it was just not a thing. 
So to make me sound like an old person, we didn't have the internet, we didn't have Netflix, we didn't have any of that, cell phones. So we hung out all the time. Like my fondest memories of my Woodbury time always seemed to be like when I think back at the fondest memories, like spring days, every time after seated dinner before study hall, we would all, almost the entire campus would be on the lawn, you know, throwing a frisbee, playing lacrosse, guys would be playing guitar, some people would be working their sketchbooks, some guys would be, you know, playing tennis, playing ultimate on Granger Field, you see guys going off to play golf, guys with fishing rods going down the river. Um, those spring days are some of my very, very fond memories. And also just some of the uh, memories of, you know, just messing around on the bus and the long bus trips, uh, you know, having hard practices and coming to the locker room and just kind of hang out with the fellas. So all my fond memories are basically just really just hanging out with my friends. And when you graduated, did you envision yourself coming back to work at Woodbury or entering the teaching profession at all? To be blunt, there was no way in hell I ever thought I was going to become a teacher or come back to Woodbury. Um, it never crossed my mind. I remember, for whatever reason, I thought some of the younger guys who, came, who, taught, who went to Woodbury and came back, I remember sometimes thinking like they wanted to come back to the wombs. They couldn't make it in the real world or something. I think I overheard that from some older guy and I just went with that, which in retrospect is totally silly. But to answer your question, I would have never thought I would have become a teacher and would have had no intentions of thinking about coming back to Woodbury, working in the administration or in teaching or in development or anything else. Just not at all what I thought I wanted to do. So what had you done professionally before you ended up coming back to Woodbury and how kind of did your career path take you back here? So in college, uh, you know, I always liked history at Woodbury. And then when I was in college, I really liked history and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do exactly. So I worked a couple of different jobs over the summers uh, in college. I worked at a medical practice because I thought I wanted to be a doctor. Then I hated the pre-med classes. They were really hard. I didn't want it to be pre-med. And then I thought about going into law or into the business world. So I worked one summer at a real estate finance firm. And then I thought, you know, I might want to check out teaching. So I worked as an intern at Woodbury Summer School, the summer of 98. Uh, ben Hale was my boss. Um, that, for me, confirmed that I wanted to teach. So I then uh, went to my senior year of college. After college, I wanted to do something else not related to teaching. So I worked at a, in a real estate finance firm, the same firm that I interned with the summer after my sophomore year. So I worked at this real estate, this basically corporate real estate firm. Um, did that for a year. I had planned on wanting to do that for a year or two than getting into teaching. So it, it worked out that I got, I worked a year there. I got a job at Christ School in Asheville, another boarding school. It's an awesome school. And the connection with getting that job was because while I was working at Woodbury Summer School, the woman I worked under was taught at Christ School. So she knew Ben Hale, she knew Hudge, some of these other people, Christ School, Woodbury Connections. So after I was at Christ School for four years, my plan was, you know, by, by that time I was married, my, I thought I was gonna go back to, to school full-time, get a master's, maybe a PhD, but then I got a, uh, Ben Hale at the time was on the board at Christ School. So when he'd come to Asheville for meetings and stuff, we'd hang out. And then he gave me a call that there was an opening was coming up in the history department and I should take a look at it. And then I ended up interviewing and got the job. So I ended up at Woodbury sooner than I thought I would have. And then that would have been the year of 2004. So I just, I'm just wrapping up my 16th year. So when you come back in, uh, in 2004 and you get there that fall and you get all settled in, what, were, what immediately stood out to you as being the biggest differences between your lifestyle as a faculty member and the life that you led as a student? Well, it's kind of different because what I, right now, 
what I'm thinking about the differences are because uh, you know I'm a father of three kids. But when I first came here, I was to teach. I had I didn't have our first child was not born until November of my second year. So we came here. We uh, we've been married two years, didn't have children, and our lifestyle is pretty different than it is today. Just because we were young and single, or excuse me, young and newly married, and didn't have all the obligations of uh, having kids. Uh, but overall, to answer your question, the biggest difference between being a student and a faculty member, I mean, there's a huge amount of similarities in that you have about the same schedule, you have all the same commitments. I don't know of any profession that I can think of where you are so based on the clock by the minutes and the bells and stuff. So I live that and I live the same basic schedule as y'all as students. But a big difference is I have all sorts of responsibilities. I just have much more responsibilities. Okay, you have to be more responsible as a teacher than you do as a student because if you're a student and come unprepared, you know, you can get 520 or just not take part or you can fake your way through everything. But as a teacher, if you come to class unprepared, or uh, that can be very problematic. Uh, another thing is just the responsibilities of having, you know, a wife who's busy with her work and coaching and stuff, me busy with my work and coaching, my children all playing sports and stuff. So just the responsibilities of handling that as well as the uh, crunch on time because with my wife and I both coaching and busy and our kids taking, you know, playing sports and stuff, it's hard to be able to do everything we need to do when there's just two of us. So ultimately, the biggest difference is as a teacher, I have more responsibility and I just have more plates I'm juggling. As a student, you have generally your, your schoolwork. As a, an adult, you have all sorts of adult things going on at the same time. You mentioned that when you worked at Woodbury uh, Summer School in 1998, that was when you realized you want to be a teacher. And you also said that you worked relatively closely uh, with Mr. Hale. And what was it... Was there something about him that really kind of made you tick and realize that you wanted to work with students as a profession? So Mr. Hale, I mean, he came to Woodbury when I was, his new boy faculty year was my sophomore year. We both lived on the Walker building. I never had him as a coach or a teacher. So while I was a student, we actually weren't very close at all. Um, but then coming back and working under him, I really saw what it was like to be living in an academic setting and what it's like to live in the all-encompassing kind of boarding school setting and I just kind of think I thrived on his energy and his kind of guidance and everything so I could see him guiding the students as well as guiding the interns you know this the, the Woodbury summer school students were you know high school students at that time I was a I just finished my junior year so I was what 21 or so so I was still a student myself but I got a lot of input and guidance from him um, and I think he definitely also helped show me that, that this was a a career that I would like to take one of the headmaster at Christ School where I taught, I remember interviewing with him, and I remember this very well. He said, working at a boarding school is like the priesthood. It's not a job. It's a lifestyle. It's a vocation. It's a calling. And me working with and under Ben Hale, then I kind of saw that, and you know, I can still see it today. And when you did get started in the fall, it's sometimes difficult for teachers. You were, what, 27, 28 years old when you came back in 04? Uh, I, yeah, I was, uh, let me see, five years, yeah, I was 27. Uh, sometimes there's a, a bit of an interesting line that um, faculty, young faculty members in particular have to, uh, have to walk between the relatively minimal age difference with students and then at the same time being their, you know, being their superior and being an authority figure. How do young faculty members, and what advice would you give to young faculty members about um, coming to Woodbury and really winning over the respect of their classrooms? 
It's a great question. I, I would argue that that kind of difficult transition would have been for me would have been at Christ school because I got to Christ school at age, you know, I worked one year out of college. I was 23 and I was there for four years. So my kind of early rookie teacher years were at Christ school, not as much Woodbury. So, but what to answer that, I mean, it's the same thing, me being at Christ school, and it would have been if I had come right back to Woodbury. Yeah, it's, a t- it's it can be tough. Um, another great piece of advice I got from, I can't remember if this was from either my first headmaster I worked under, or this might have been from Ben Hale when he was the, my, uh, the head of summer school. One of those people told me, you can be a friend to a teacher, but you cannot be a buddy. And that kind of stuck with me. It is difficult to, to massage the lines of you want to be, because typically students are much more interested, high school students are much more interested in the young faculty than they are the old faculty. And that's how it always is. So it's hard to maintain the relationship. And what I just wanted to make sure is I always wanted to make sure that I never went over the line and sharing anything too personal. I didn't want to ever talk about like, you know, going on dates or like drinking or anything because I didn't want the kids to think like we could talk about that kind of stuff. I don't know what the magic formula is for maintaining that relationship, but I would say that I was in the beginning probably a little bit uh, stricter with students. I could be an outside of an academic setting. I could be casual and chatting with them, but I believe discipline wise and in, in the classroom, I was probably stricter than I am now because I wanted to make sure to, um, uh, preserve and maintain that separation between the student and the uh, young faculty member. But it is definitely a challenge for young faculty, for sure. Where did you live your first couple of years on campus? Well, okay, I lived, uh, first year I lived in the middle Taylor apartment. Then Ben Hale moved out of the lower Taylor apartment. So we lived in lower Taylor for three years. We had both of our sons in lower Taylor. We then moved to Terry. We were there for two years. We then moved to the Duplex 94 by the, by the pool. We were there for, I think, six years, and we had our daughter there right when we moved there. And then we moved to the Corn House, where we are now, behind the tennis courts, and I think this is our fourth year. But it's funny, I mean, uh, if you started a boarding school as a young married man, no, actually, I started as a young bachelor at Christ School. So you start off in the small dorm apartments, and then as time goes on, you you know, you put your time in the dorm, hopefully you do a good job, you have children, you get recognized for that, and then you move on your way up. So I remember coming over to this house, the Carn house, where I'm sitting right now. I remember coming over for dinner parties when the Parkers lived here and thinking, oh my Lord, this house is so nice. Wow, look how much space they have. Look at that view. Oh my God, I love it. And then now I live in this house and this house is amazing. And then I'll have over my younger colleague friends who might be living on dorm, like, uh, you know, Mr. Franny or Mr. Adams or Miss Wilson or something, they'll come over here and then they'll think the same thing about how amazing this house is and how they'd like to eventually live in a house like this and have this beautiful view, not hear like lacrosse balls being bounced and blah, blah, blah. So it's kind of like, you know, you're just moving up the ranks in here in housing and I've done it at other schools and I see people doing it here. It's just a part of life at, uh, at a boarding school. What would you say is the biggest difference between life on dorm and life in a house off dorm? Privacy. You have a lot more, so much more privacy living off dorm. Um, it is a lot quieter. It's a lot less just kind of doors banging and 
bells ringing. I mean, I'd lived on dorm, as a faculty member, I lived on dorm for three different apartments in four years at Christ School, and then in one, two, three different apartments in six years here at Woodbury. And then also I lived in a duplex. So I've, you know, I've spent some time living on dorms and spent some time living off dorm. And I like to garden. I like to take care you know, of uh, the outside. I like to play lawn games and stuff. You know, I like to, to be honest, if I'm, you know, grilling, grilling hamburger or smoking some pork, I might have a beer too. So I like to do that. And that's not something you really do if you're sitting on the steps of Taylor where like all your students are walking by, et cetera. So, so it's more peaceful. You mentioned uh, father of th- married father of three. What's it been like to raise a family here on campus? Well, what's interesting, and you asking me that question, is that uh, my oldest son, Parker, is going to be a new boy next year. So I'm li- right now I'm sitting in the living room, kind of in my workstation. I'm looking across, and I can see Taylor. And I'm gonna, hopefully I'm going to see if he can live in Taylor. So he's going to be living in the same dorm that I lived in as a third former. And you might have the same experience of living in the same dorm as your dad did or your brother, which is pretty cool. Um, in terms of what raising a family on campus, I mean, this is such a, a great place to raise a family. I'm sure that you've probably heard this from other faculty who have families. I always hear this from my friends or from guests or something. My, all, the people who have nothing to do with Woodbury, if they come to visit me or if these are, you know, my students, parents or something, they talk about how, what an ideal place it is to raise a kid. I think raising a child here is somewhat like it would have been for me growing up or my parents growing up where we would leave the house in the morning and be gone all day, not have to worry about any kind of crime or blah, blah, blah. We were just kind of free range and that was okay. Here, my children can do the same thing. They can go, you know, go play soccer on a real field. They, they can go play golf. They can go shoot baskets. They can go down the river. They can do all this stuff kind of by themselves, which most kids don't have that freedom. They have all the, all these opportunities for all these athletic events to go watch these games, to play on the courts, to play with other faculty kids. It's, it's just great. And then also, this is something that other parents would realize is that the, the flat Though, as a faculty member here, we're very, very busy. We have long hours. There's also some flexibility. For instance, when, when you have a newborn or a newborn and a toddler, you literally cannot let, stop looking at them. You have, if, with a toddler, you always have to watch them because they might you know, hurt themselves by eating something, stick their finger in a socket or something. So if you are a parent of a newborn or a parent of a newborn and a toddler, I'm thinking about right now about the time when I was living in, Terry. So sometimes, you know, Trisha, my wife was not working at that time. She was full time at home. She wouldn't have time to take a shower because she just couldn't get it done. So for instance, I'd have a free period. I would come home. She would hand me one of the kids or something. She had to, she then would have the luxury of being able to take a shower or something. When the kids got a little bit older, you know, uh, my wife and kid was coaching. My kids are playing soccer. Be, uh, I could bring, you know, one of the kids to my classroom or I could let them sleep in a little bit if they got a little bit older, knowing that if they needed me, they could just call me. I'd be in my classroom. So there's a lot of kind of fringe benefits of living on campus. You know, the idea of getting the bucket is huge for, uh, f- uh, for faculty families because you just don't have to um, spend the time or energy or money to go get groceries and to make them. That's an enormous uh, benefit for, the, for families. And just as a whole, there's a lot of other great kids for the kids to play with. It's a safe environment. There's a lot of things to do. And this corresponds well to the quarantine. Because right now, this quarantine is pretty rough. 
but I am quarantined on a country club in the country. So I can, you know, things I like to do, I like to run the river trail. I like to fish down there. Um, I like, you know, play golf. I play tennis, play soccer, all that kind of stuff. And I have all these at my fingertips, which I think is really awesome. The only exception is that I like to play squash, but that's closed. And my kids like to go shoot hoops in the Dick gym, but that's also closed. But in terms of being a place to grow up and raise a family is awesome. And in terms of being quarantined, this is a great place to do it. I'm going to ask you a bit of a, I guess, a speculative question, but what sort of challenges do you anticipate uh, being a faculty member and having a son enrolled uh, in school at the same time? Um, I mean, that's a great question. I think that faculty kids at any school have it a little bit different, but I think at a boarding school, I think that, I think that the, that the students as a whole know their teachers so much better. So I think that maybe like at a day, if you go up going to day school and if, let's say that you see your teacher out at the grocery store, that's kind of a weird thing because you're not used to seeing, they're all, you're used to always seeing them in their teaching clothes in the teaching setting. Then you see them somewhere outside of that. They look really foreign and you don't ever think of your teacher outside of the classroom. At a place like Woodbury, these students, you know, obviously I'm having the classroom, but I eat meals with my coach, some of them. They will see me playing with my kids on the lawn. They will hear me talking about whatever. They just know you better. So I'd like to think that students think of the faculty members in a different way. So when they see a faculty kid, I think they're like, oh, that's cool, you grew up here? Um, I don't think there's that much of a distinction among the students of the faculty kids versus the uh, non-faculty kids. I could be wrong, but I've, I've always asked the older faculty kids just to get the understand the experience from my own kids. And they all say, yeah, it's not a big deal. No one makes a big deal about it. When you arrived, did you anticipate yourself uh, and you and your wife staying for, his, for the long haul, basically? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I, uh, I knew that I always wanted to – I mean, after I started teaching at a boarding school, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. I mean, I knew I'd much rather be at a boarding school. I don't know if I'd want to teach at a day school, so I knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, on somewhat of a tangent, I'll say that when, when boarding school people are interviewing, um, they always, it's always important to understand what the spouse is thinking, because if the spouse is not on board with a boarding school lifestyle, with all your time commitments, with all the dinners, all the late nights, the duties and stuff, if your spouse is, is not happy with this, then you're probably not going to be happy and you're probably not going to uh, stay very long. But my wife was on board with, a board with living in a boarding school before, you know, before we even got married, we talked about it. And she was on board and she, she thrives on it. She loves it too. So she loved it when we were at Christ School. So I knew she would be on board with it here. So when we got here, you know, I, I anticipated that we might be lifers. I never said, of course, I never said, yes, I'm going to stay here forever. I said, things may change. We may want to move on somewhere else. But I always kept that, you know, out there. Um, but as of now, I think that we will, will probably be lifers. There's a funny anecdote that, uh, this was our early years here at Woodbury. I can't even remember when this was. M my wife worked at the ropes course and the ropes course at that time was a lot more of a, a program that had more, um, students participating. It was just much big, a bigger deal. They met more than they do now. So she worked the ropes course. So she knew a bunch of guys pretty well. And then one of the guys came up to her and was like, Hey, Ms. Thomas, you know you're, that Mr. Thomas said that he thinks he might be here forever. And this boy was thinking like he was giving a re revelation to my wife. And my wife was like, uh, yeah, we, we have talked about that. And I think it's a great place to live. Um, you know, as a student, you might think that living on campus or working at Woodbury would be a curse because you're used to all the rules and 
expectations and uh, classwork and everything that you have. But being as a faculty member, we do have a lot more responsibility, but we also have a lot more freedom. And something that you're interested in as a, you know, as a teenage boy, you're probably interested in going out and like hanging out with your friends and going to parties and seeing girls and stuff. And then when you become an adult, that's not really your concern as much anymore. You might be more happy hanging out at home or just going out to dinner with your friends or something. Overall, what would you say is your favorite part of working at Woodbury? You know, intellectually, I like being around other people who are intellectually stimulating and who are interested in things. And, uh, you know, we'll talk, you sitting at the lunch table, you'll be with, with what's great, sitting at the lunch table here with the faculty. It could be people of different ages, um, different disciplines, different genders, different races. Uh, and everybody's talking about really interesting conversations about what they're reading, what movies they're seeing, you know, visiting a certain place, what they're doing with their grandkids first their own babies, blah, blah, blah. So one thing, being intellectually stimulated by my fellow faculty members as well as by some of the students. Um, aesthetically, it's just a beautiful place to live. I couldn't think of a more beautiful place, especially like my house is overlooking the pasture of the Shenandoah Mountains. Um, you know, the environment here is beautiful, 1,200 acres. I like to, when I have free time, I like to spend time outside running or hiking or fishing or, you know, gardening or any of that stuff. So this is a great place for me to be for that. And as a whole, this is a very broad encompassing term, but I just think the overall environment here is awesome. You know, the aesthetics, the physical environments, the intellectual environment with my peers, the energy that's here with everybody. You know, it's really weird here right now when there's no students. You know, in that when we're here in the end of the summer, it's kind of you know pretty slow and then once the boys get back here they bring all this cool positive energy so i like the energy that's around here i always like that there's always something to do and something to stay busy with so that's kind of a bigger question uh, answer than you maybe asked but it's kind of hard to encapsulate what it is i like about this place